my name is Pastor Thad Thomas of Abundant Living Ministries. Today, I want you to enjoy this message of expansion. It's only a taste of how God wants us to expand spiritually, physically, financially. If you want the full message, go to our website at ALM.org. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How many of you had a blessed day today? You had a glorious day. You had one of those testifying days that God is just so good. He's so good to me. He's so good to me. Hallelujah. Because that's the God we serve. He's good to you. You know that? If he's not good to you, hey, what'd you do? What'd you do for him not to be good to you? Ask the question because the Bible says he's good. He doesn't know anything else but goodness. So if you have not seen the goodness of God, ask yourself, what have I done? Why am I not in position to receive from God? Because God's good and he shows his goodness every day. How do I know that? It's in the why? It's in the Bible. It's scriptural. It's scriptural. And we, you know, as I said last night in our prayer time, God's word is above his name. He's bound by the word. He changes not. He can't, he, he cannot change. Because if he changed from his, <coughs> excuse me, from his word, if he changed from his word, he wouldn't exist. Just like God is love, God cannot change his love for you. The scripture says his love is unconditional. His mercy never ends. It endures forever. To the born-again believer, God's grace is sufficient. It will never change. God's grace is sufficient. It never changes. So ask yourself, if I did not see or, or experience the goodness of God... And this is not a put down. I'm not here to point you out. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I, because I want you blessed to the Lord and highly favored. Why? Because that's scriptural. You're blessed to the Lord and highly favored. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus defeated the devil. That doesn't stop the devil from tempting you because we know the devil will still, he will always try to tempt you. But, you know, don't worry about the temptation of the devil because we know the devil's defeated. Jesus defeated him. Once and for all. But don't allow whatever's going on in the world to get the best of you. Shake it off. Shake it off. But God, goodness is forever. It's every day. Now, how many of you put yourself in position to receive that goodness? Because if you put yourself in position to receive the goodness of God, God will show you his goodness. How do I know that? Because it's scriptural. When you're willing and obedient, I'm going to, I know, I, I, am, I don't know, I was praying that today. God, I use that scripture all the time. And he says, keep using it. He says, keep driving it home. When you are willing and obedient, you will eat what? The good of the land. Goodness only comes from God. This world does not know goodness. It does not, it cannot comprehend goodness. This world does not Believe in goodness. There is nothing good about this world. Why? Because it's bound by sin. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that right now. You are not going to, I don't care how hard you try to find it, you will find ugly everywhere. The only place you can find goodness is in God, in the house of God, in the body of Christ, you, the church. That is where goodness dwells. And every day God shows his goodness. And in this goodness, he wants us to enlarge ourselves. He wants to us to expand his goodness. He wants us to expand his goodness on this earth. I don't know what happened. I just had a frog in my throat and it just won't go away. You ever had one of those things where you just crackle? I call it a frog because it's right there. And I know what I need to do, but I'm not going to do that because I'm on air. If I was outside, I'd do it. But I'm not outside. Because I know that'll get rid of it. But the goodness of God on this church wants to do, he wants us to do one thing. And that is to, that is, that is to enlarge ourselves in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 and 3. He wants us to expand. He wants us to grow wide, to make room. He wants you in his goodness to enlarge the place of thy tent, your dwelling place, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitations. Spare not. Now that we do not spare the goodness of God, we use every bit of it. You hear what I'm saying? We use every aspect of God's goodness. If God today, according to his word, he daily blesses you, he daily loaded you with his blessings of his goodness, he wants us not to spare. He doesn't want to spare. He wants us to use every bit of it. Hallelujah. Lengthen thy cord, strengthen thy sticks, for thou shalt break forth. When you don't spare the goodness of God, you're going to break forth. You're going to increase on your right hand, on your left hand. Thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. This is God's purpose, plan, and expectation for you, the church, not just in 22, but every day of your life. Every day of life, he wants you to expand his goodness. Now, to expand his goodness is going to take faith. It's going to take faith. It's going to take faith in expanding the goodness of God, which the goodness of God is his kingdom. When I talk about, when I'm talking about the giving, as you see up there, the goodness of God, what I'm talking about is his kingdom. See, when, when, when Jesus comes back, we're going to heaven. Hallelujah. We're going to be in the realm of God, the kingdom of God. And we know God is going to reestablish the earth. He's going to, he's going to make it right. Amen. He's going to establish the kingdom. We know that. He's going to set up his, and we know that in Jerusalem, those that are going to Israel, you know what I'm talking about. You're going to understand why Jesus is coming back. You understand all that. And he's going to set up his kingdom. Hallelujah. But in this time, God wants us to start preparing the ground. We don't do it till Jesus, we don't wait till Jesus comes back and say, oh, let's start. No, we start now. 
Because there's a lot of people out there that does not know the goodness of God. And there is other people out there that have tasted the goodness of God, but for whatever reason, they got caught up in lies. They allowed the, they allowed the birds, the sun, the thorns to creep into their life and take away their focus on the goodness of God, and they have found themselves falling away from God. And you, the church, are there to bring them back. But it's going to take faith. It's going to take faith. It's going to take faith in what you believe in. Now, how many people believe the word of God? How many of you believe the word of God? Now, if you believe the word of God, that means you read the word of God. You study the word of God. You pray the word of God. You speak the word of God. And you sow the word of God every day. Amen? Now, faith in expanding the goodness of God in, his king, in, God's, in God's kingdom does not come easy. I'm going to tell you that right now. It will not come easy. It doesn't come easy. It will not come easy. How do I know that? Because the devil is not just going to give it up. No, 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 no. ALM, are you ready to fight? Are you ready to fight the good fight of faith? Because it's going to take a fight. It's going to take a, fi a fight of good of, of faith for what God has said we can have and do. For us to establish the goodness of God in his kingdom, to establish his kingdom, his goodness of his kingdom, it's going to take a fight. Why? Because the devil has his grips on this earth. The devil has his grips on people's lives. He has grips on your family. He has grips on those that you work with every day. He has grips on those that you do business with every day. Where you spend your money. He has, he, in your neighborhood, he's got grips on there. And he's just not going to sit there and I'm like, okay, here you go. No, he's going to put up a fight. But fret not of evildoers. Don't be afraid of the fight. Oh, I love it. Don't be afraid of the fight. The fight. Of, of, of faith. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid that, okay, I'm going to have to do some warfare. I'm going to, I may have to stay up tonight and pray. Don't be afraid of that. Oh, but Pastor Dad, I got to go to work tomorrow. You always have to go to work. That doesn't change God's timetable. If God tells you to do something, God will take care of you in the work. God will give you the strength. Do you understand me? Because God's all-powerful. And trust me, he's got enough power in him to give you the strength that you need to pray all night or whatever, how long it takes you to pray, and then get up, come tomorrow morning, and do what you need to do to give you the strength that you need. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just fight the good fight of faith. Now, in fighting this good fight of faith, you got to make sure, as I said Sunday, you got to have a jawbone, you got to have a backbone, and you got to have a tailbone. You got to have a jawbone, backbone, and tailbone because the devil will try you. The devil will, has no problem getting in your face. And the sole purpose of why the devil gets in your face is to see if you are willing, if you're going to flinch or not. That's all he's trying to do. He's trying to psych you out. He's trying to get you to jump. But you can't get psyched out. Because understand something, the devil 
has already lost the battle before it even started. And he's going to do everything he can to distract you, to get you, to psych you out. And he's very good at his job, but you don't have to worry about it. Some of you face that today. But what did you do? Did you get, were you troubled by it? Jesus never said our faith in expansion and expanding the kingdom would be easy. He never said it would be easy. But he did say our faith will prevail. He did say your faith will prevail. Your faith in who? God. Mark 11, Jesus told his disciples, have faith in God. He didn't say it would be easy, but he says your faith will prevail. Hallelujah. ALM, our fight of faith needs to be fierce. It needs to be fierce. It needs to be aggressive. Your faith needs, your fight of faith needs to be aggressive. It needs to be violent. It needs to be intense. It needs to be profound. It doesn't need to be wimpy or passive. Faith is not passive. It's fierce. It's aggressive. Yes, the church needs to be aggressive. This sitting back and, you know, relaxing and say, whatever happens, happens. No. As you, if you have that attitude, hell's widening itself. The de- do you think the devil is not aggressive? He's very aggressive. He walks around like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he may devour. He's not wimpy. He, if you're not going to do it, he's going to do it. He's going to steal, kill, and destroy But Jesus says, I'll give you life more abundantly. And in that life, we need to be aggressive in bringing forth life. Because out there right now, as we speak, someone, Satan is using a person, place, or thing to affect your family member. And if you're not willing to be aggressive, your family member is going to go to hell. Yes, I said that. Why? Because if we're not doing what God's called us to do, if we're not willing to walk by faith in this expansion of God's kingdom, and of, of his kingdom, which is goodness, hell's going to widen. I don't know about you, but I don't want none of my family to go to hell. How many of you want your family to go to hell? I, listen to me. I was talking, talking, I've said this before. Nobody is worth hell. My worst enemy is not worth hell. I don't want my enemy. I don't want nothing, nobody to go to hell. And I'm going to do everything in my ability to speak the truth and tell, and tell people the truth. That there's only one way to heaven and his name is Jesus. There's only one way out of your hell and it's Jesus. There's only one way out of your sickness, it's Jesus. There's only one way you can be restored back to the Father, it's Jesus. It's the only way you can be transformed is by Jesus Christ, through Jesus and what he did on the cross. Because you will not be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you don't recognize first what Christ did for you. You can't receive the Holy Ghost and not recognize what Jesus did for you. You got to recognize what Jesus did on the cross. And you got to embrace that truth so the Holy Spirit can transform you. to kingdom status. And God is looking for abundant living ministries. I can't speak for a lot of churches, but God is looking for the abundant living ministries. Who's ALM? He's looking for us 
to have faith that is fierce. Now, in this, in this word fierce, the first word I want you to look at, out of fierce, is aggressive. And I've, and I've shared this before, but God brought me back to it because I want you to have an understanding of why your faith needs to be fierce. And in fierce, it has to be aggressive. You have to be aggressive. You have to go get them. You have to go get them. And you cannot let what's out there stop you. It's got to be aggressive. That word aggressive means to get out. Go by being forceful. You got to go and get out there. You got to go out and you got to go to the Ninevehs. You got to go out and get out there into the Ninevehs. I know Ninevehs, the Ninevehs are bad. I know they're sacrificing children they're to the point where they were eating dung. It was so bad. Now that's bad. That's bad when you're eating dung. But God told Jonah, you're going to Nineveh. See, that's aggressive faith. Going into where nobody wants to go. And it's amazing how we know the story of Jonah. Jonah had it, he detoured first, but he had a revelation in the belly of a well and he realized that for three days, not just one day, but three days, it took him to realize, hey, I made a mistake. And God in his mercy allowed the fish to have an upset stomach. Hallelujah. We all know what happened. Jonah finds himself on the shore half digested with seaweed in his hair, walking into Nineveh. I can just see the people who's already got it bad, full of iniquity, see Jonah walking out into Nineveh, half digested, seaweed in his hair, stinking like vile, come on, and preaching to the point where the king got to the king. That's aggressive. When you are aggressive in your faith, when you're fierce and out of your fierceness of being in your faith, and your, your, your aggressiveness comes forth, man, the king hears. Amen. See, the king heard what Jonah was saying. And, again, and as the leadership goes, so does the city. And the king repented because the king repented, the city repented. See, that's what fierceness does. When you're aggressive in your faith, you just not only hit the people in front of you, but it gets to leadership because they see something they ain't never seen before. And that is what America needs to see the church do. They haven't seen this church. We, 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 we have, we, we got half pockets here, half pockets here, and they doing little things, but they ain't changing the leadership. changing the leadership. It's time for the church. It's time for the leadership. people of influence to listen. See, everybody wants to start at the bottom. No, you always start at the top. You never start at the bottom. Oh, if I can just get my foot in the door. No, I want to start at the top because if I can affect the top, everybody else will line up. Amen. You never start at the bottom. Nothing in everything you do, you go for the top. 
That's what you want. Because if you can affect them, everything else will fall in line. You got to get out. You got to go. You got to be forceful. That's what Jesus did and when he anointed his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 through 8, and Luke chapter 10, 1 through 9. He, he, gave, he gave them power. He anointed them. He prayed over them and he said, I send you out. Be aggressive. Be fearful. Be, 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 be fierce in your faith. Even though there's wolves out there, I've seen you out as sheep among the wolves. Don't be afraid. When you go back and read it in Matthew chapter 10 and Luke chapter 10, when you look at that word wolf, it's talking about not a wolf itself. He's talking about people. He's talking about cruel, greedy, destructive men. When you look at that word wolf, wolves, I send you out as sheep among the the cruel, greedy, destructive men that are out there. And in that cruel, greedy, destructive men, there's also those hirelings who call themselves pastors and they're really not pastors because their motive, they're, they're motives of wrong. Oh, look, go back and read it. Go back and read Matthew chapter seven, the, the wolves and all that. Talk about, talking about that. It's talking about the saints, the same definition in, Luke, in Matthew chapter 10 and Luke 10 when he talks about wolves, those preachers out there, those teachers out there, that out there, they're nothing but hirelings. So when, when, the, when the cruel and the greedy destructive men come in, they run. The very ones that say, Lord, Lord, we did this and we did that. That's what he's talking about. I send you out. Amongst the wolves. But if you go back and read it, through their fierce attitude of faith, they all came back with a good report. Why? Because faith works. Not only is it supposed to be aggressive, we, our faith has to be violent. Yes, violent. If the world can be violent, why can't the church? But our difference is we don't come with swords. What did Jesus tell Peter? Put the sword down. You don't, no, 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 no. You're, you're, you're using man's techniques. No, these techniques are not man-made. They're God-made. Our sword is quick and powerful. Sharp, it's sharper than any two-edged It's quick. It's powerful. It knows, it knows where to cut. See, the violent, according to Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, the violent taketh by force. We take it by force. In other words, we're going to take back. We're going to put our hands on, the, on, the, on, the, on, on, on those that are lost. We're going to put our hands and we'll lay our hands on them. Why are you laying your hands on them? Because you're, you're pulling them out of the greps, the, 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 the greps of the devil. You're laying hands on the sick. What are you doing as you lay hands on You're pulling them away from the devil. It's like, no, this, this person does not belong to you. The sickness is off this person. I'm taking the grips of sickness off this person's life. The violent take it by force. And sometimes you got to lay hands on people. You can't be afraid to touch the leopards. You can't be afraid to touch the sick. You can't be afraid to go in somewhere. If God calls you to go into the hospital and it may tell you to go somewhere that nobody wants to go. And so be it. Maybe you have to put on the, 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 the garb. But who cares? You walk right in there and said, I'm here to lay hands on the sick. That's what Charles Blake did. Charles Blake in the midst of a pandemic, mix of, 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 of I went blank. 
what is it, the, the plague, the black plague. He walked right in there and said, I don't got time for this. And he started laying hands on them. People were getting healed to the point where they put it in his hand and they, and they put a microscope. As they put the plague on his hand, they put a microscope on it and they were looking at it. And as they put the plague in his hand, the plague began to die. Why? Because his faith was fierce. It was aggressive. It was violent. And he realized the violent taketh by force. I am, if you don't go, I will go. I don't care about the plague. Did Jesus have a problem with the leopard? What so-called priest touches a leopard? Priests don't touch leopards. They don't touch leprosy. Why? Because it's unclean. And a priest will not defile himself because if he defiles himself, he, because he reverts back to the Levitical law and what Moses talked about, leprosy, he has to find himself outside of everyone because he's unclean. A priest will not do that. But Jesus, the high priest, said, leprosy, come here. The blind, come here. The deaf, come here. You ready to eat tonight? I'm going to go eat with publicans. I'm going to go eat with the sinners because they're the sick folk. Why would I come to you who are, who are, are healed? I want to go to the sick folk. That's where Jesus dwelt. Why? Because, not just because he was Christ, it's because he had faith in God. His faith was fierce. It was aggressive. It was violent. Our faith, out of being fierce, has to be intense. The word intense means passionate love for God. Mark 12, 30 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with a heart, soul, mind, and with all thy strength. It's intense. Out of being fierce, it's intense. Our passionate love for God. We love God no matter what. You love God no matter what. And out of being fierce, it's profound. It reveals revelation. It gives you insight of a different side of God that most people cannot see. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto, his, unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. You know, there was a great man. Uh, there, was, there was a man of God that, um, that, I, that, that I had a liking to. And, and I, have, I have some of his books. And, and the great, I mean, I, 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 I listened to him. As a matter of fact, I went to a lot of, I've been to a lot of his conferences. And I, and I, and I really like to, I bought his, I have a couple, a couple of his books. And he, he's a really, he's very profound in, in his, and he talks about his, his love for God and his love for God. I mean, he really breaks it down, the love of God, loving Jesus. I mean, he loves, uh, and he wrote this amazing book about loving God. I mean, just all about the, the, how we, the church, should love God and how God loves us. A great profound thing. Then he, and he writes other books, and, and, and he was talking about, you know, he, I mean, he, he's a student of the word. He loves the word. I mean, he could break it down. I mean, he could break the Hebrew, the Greek. I mean, he just, I mean, he knows God's word. And that's what fascinated me because he, he showed his, 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 um, his, 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 his love 
And every time you, you, you saw him speak, you could see, man, this guy really loves God. Then one day, I saw him speak, and, and he was talking about the Holy Spirit and revelation and how he, he had a knowledge of God in, 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 in the word. I mean, the man, if there's, if there's anybody that knew the man, he knew the word. I mean, I mean, he was like a dictionary. I mean, he can go to anything right here, and it doesn't matter where he's at and all that. He can speak and all that, and, just, and you just sit there, and you're like, your mouth's like, this is so deep. Then he started talking about the Holy Spirit. And he sat there and he says, you know, I love God so much, but there's one thing I lack. And I'm like, where is he going? And when he said, I just wish I can speak in tongues. And he says, I know the Holy Spirit. I preach on the Holy Spirit. He's just, I don't have the revelation of speaking in tongues. I believe in it. Oh, I desperately ask God every day. I want to speak in tongues. I want to speak. And he can show you scripture from scripture to scripture. Scripture, scripture, scripture. And he's like, I just don't know that side of God yet. And I sat there and I'm like, no way. This man is fierce. When it comes to the word of God, man, he is bold. And when he said that, I'm like, nowhere in my wildest dreams ever would have thought this man had no evidence of speaking in tongues. He, he says, I have the Holy Spirit because I know I'm born again because the Holy Spirit came into my life. But he says, I desperately, I desire every day for an outward experience of the Holy Spirit. And I sit there and I think and I'm like, God, I don't understand that. Here's a man that loves you with all his heart. He loves God with all his heart. He's intense. He's passionate for your love. But he's, he, he's missing the revelation. He's got insight of word, but there's another. He's not seeing another side of you. And that's where a lot of people at in, in, in their walk of faith is that they have, they're aggressive, they're violent or intense, but they're not profound. They don't see. They, they're not they're seeing another side of God that God has not revealed himself. And the only way God can reveal himself is through the Holy Spirit. Through the evidence of the Holy Spirit. The outwardness of the Holy Spirit. See, God in your faith and being fierce, he wants you to have every aspect of it. He doesn't just want you to have one side because in faith, there is things that you're not going to be able to explain. I'm sorry. There are sides of God that you are not going to explain. Oh, I don't believe that. I'm glad you said that. I am so glad you said that. Then explain Joshua chapter 10. Oh, you have to turn there, don't you? Explain Joshua chapter 10 then. If, oh, that was God. Yeah. Last time I read, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. In Joshua chapter 10, there was five kings that were coming against Israel, coming against Joshua. Five kings, five kingdoms, that were bigger 
And they knew what God did against AI. They saw what God did through Israel when Israel got right with God because they messed up because of Achan. And they thought they can just whip AI and they got their, their backsides beaten. And all of a sudden they had to repent. And then God said, okay, you're done. You're done repenting, let's move on. And they went back and they took care of AI. So this kingdom, these five kings, saw what, they, what God did through Israel and AI. And their kingdoms were way bigger than AI. And God said, in, in Joshua chapter 10, let's go there. Let me find it. Now, the five kings of the Amorites, they were the five kings of the, of the Amorites. And the Lord said in verse 8, and the Lord said unto Joshua, fear them not. The Lord said unto Joshua, fear them not, for I have delivered them into thy hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgal all night. And the Lord discommitted, discommitted them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter of Gibeon and chased them along the way that goeth up to Beth Horon and smote them to Azekiah and and make kicking, whatever. I don't know, that, that, that famous word right there. Macadia. Macadia, whatever, however you want to say it. Speak, say it five times, you speak in tongues. <laughs> and it came to pass as they fled from before Israel and were in the going down of Bethlehem and... And the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto the Ezekiah, and, and they died. And there were more that which died with hailstones than they whom he children of Israel slew with them the sword. That's not what I want you to see. We read that all the time. We see God do that all the time. That's a God thing. Hallelujah. Not taking, taking away from God. But this is what I want to see. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon and thou moon in the valley of Agilon. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. It is, is not this written in the book of Jasher. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and has not to go down about the whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it. That the Lord hearkened unto the voice of what? Man. Hallelujah. For the Lord fought for Israel, and Joshua returned in Israel with him into the camp of Gibgal. What am I trying to show you here? Listen to me right now. There are things that you're not going to find, but faith can do anything. Now you can understand when Jesus said in Mark 11, have faith in God. Speak to the mountain. Wait, wait, wait. 
Was Joshua a man? Or was he a mutant? Or was he a, you know, some Marvel comic? He had the force. I don't know, I mean, because that's what's coming out right now. I mean, that's all we talk about. It's everybody's talking about Star Wars and, and Marvel, you know, all this. If you're into that stuff, fine, great, hallelujah. But that's what they talk about. And, they, and it's amazing how, you know, right now they're, they're coming out, the government, they're having a meeting right now about UFOs. UFOs are coming out. They're going to show you all the papers on UFOs. Now they're going to be UFO sightings. I knew there was aliens. Of course they're aliens. They're called demons. Fallen angels, people. How else did Noah build the ark? No. I'm joking. We know, Pastor Francis and I, because we went there. It's in Kentucky. It's where the ark landed, in Kentucky. <laughs> I could go on, but I'm not. There is things out there that you're not going to find that only faith can produce. I want you to see this. And that is why our faith has to be fierce. Because it's in that side of God that you're going to draw out of him. That's, I have not seen, ear has not heard. As we were singing, I have not seen, ear has not heard. I has not seen in this word or ear has ever heard before. How did Joshua, was Joshua any different than you? No. Oh, yes, he was probably, you know, he was, he was the closest to Moses, but he was not a prophet. Joshua was not a prophet. He was a warrior. He fought the battles. He fought the battles for Moses. Whatever Moses told him to do, he did. God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Joshua just did what God told him to do. Meditate on my word day and night. Keep my word before you. If you keep my word before you, you will prosper and have good success. And as Joshua was willing and obedient to what God, Joshua didn't even think twice. Sun, sun, stand still. Moon, sun, you will not go down. Sun, you will not come up. And God honored him. We are no different. Faith is faith. Joshua didn't have more faith than we did. No. We all have the same amount of faith. Everyone in this room has, you were born with the same amount of faith. The difference between most people is that though, there's those that use it and those that don't. It's not your fault. It's not, it's, not, it's not those that use it. It's not their fault if it's not working and those that don't use it. Faith works, people. Faith works. And if you're not willing to use it, well, you're not going to be willing to do the things that have not been seen or heard. But God has called this church, you, 
to be different. God has called you to use a faith that is fierce, that is aggressive, that is violent, that is tense, and that is profound. Because if you learn to operate in the realm of where God wants you to operate in, you're going to do things that's going to cause those in leadership to stop and watch and listen. That is who God wants you to influence. God wants you to influence the power to influence. God wants you to influence the, the royalty and the prestige, the, the brilliance and the inventiveness and the kingdom wealth. But without an attitude or without a faith that's fierce, that's aggressive, violent, intense, profound, you're not going to do it. This, everything that happened in Joshua has been scientifically proven. They know, they went back, and they've studied it, and it happened. They cannot deny it. If he can do it, so can you. And here's the thing. All Joshua had was the Ten Commandments. All he had was the Leviticus, because we know there was more than just Ten Commandments. He had the Levitical. When, God, when Moses was up there, God was giving him the Levitical commandments. There's so more. We just had, thank God for, thank God for Jesus. Because if you do a study, and if I'm not mistaken, there's almost 600 commandments. Imagine, when you stand before God, you broke 551. And because you broke 551, depart from me. No. Thank God for Jesus. If you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and if you love your neighbor as yourself, guess what? You win. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't need to celebrate him. I don't need to go back and do all those little fancy little things and all that. I don't need to do that. Why? Because I've been redeemed. Hallelujah. Listen to me. God wants you to step out in faith. God wants you to step out in faith. God wants you to do the impossible. Why? Because he made everything possible through Jesus Christ. But in the midst of me all saying that, doesn't mean the devil ain't going to try you. Doesn't mean the devil ain't going to fight you because the devil will fight you. He's not going to lay down. He's not going to walk away peacefully. And if you think he's going to do that, you got another thing coming. Apostle Paul, as I said earlier, tells us to fight the good fight of faith. Every, do you realize everywhere the Apostle Paul went, he had to deal with devils? He had to exercise his faith everywhere he went. Even on a ship, he had to exercise his faith. And yes, guess what? His ship wrecked. And he found himself swimming in the water. It's like, God, have you forsaken me? And God says, I got you to land, didn't I? So why do you think I'm forsaking you? Then all of a sudden, he's cold because how many people know when you're wet, you're cold? So what does he do? He starts, he goes, gets wood, make a fire, and all of a sudden, he gets bit. I'm like, can hell just give me a break for a day? I've been shipwrecked. I've been bit by a snake. What does he do? He shakes it off. Who does that? Only a person of faith shakes it off. Only a person of faith doesn't sit there and say, man, I'm wet. I must have missed God because I got on a boat. 
I must have missed God. Well, Apostle Paul must have missed God three times because he was in shipwreck three, I think three, yeah, three times. Must have missed God all the time. I mean, man, my God, how, how bad can it get? But everywhere, if you read the, in the book of Acts and you see the, tra- the transition of Paul, the, from Saul to Paul, the devil always showed up. He showed up. I mean, the man was beaten. What did he do after he was beaten? He praised God. Who praises God after you get beat? Paul does. Why? Because that's what faith does. It praises God. And what happens? The walls begin to shake and the ground begins to shake and he saves a whole family. But he just got beaten. Oh, I can you pre- I can you preach the gospel when, oh God, I got a splinter, but no, I got to stay home. We get a ruddy nose and we stay home. The man was shipwrecked and bit by a snake and he heals people. Saves a whole tribe of people that thought he was a god. That's what faith does. And that is what God wants you, ALM, to do. He wants you to be fierce in your faith. He wants you to be aggressive. He wants you to be violent, intense, profound. He does not want you to be a win. Even if the devil comes at you 24-7, you are not going to be defeated. What did God tell Joshua three times in Joshua, Joshua chapter one? Be strong and courageous. How do you stay strong and courageous in your faith? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to read this if we want our faith to be strong and courageous. We have to study this word. We have to read this word, study this word, pray this word, Speak this word so into our lives every day to be strong and courageous. For your faith to be strong and courageous. The day you stop reading is the day your faith becomes weak. It's an everyday lifestyle. Because the word is the only thing that's going to defeat the devil. Faith is only going to work by the word. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Only be strong, only be thou strong and very courageous, thou courageous. Thou, thou mayest observe. That word observe means to keep, heed, preserve, beware, mark, watch, regard, and save. To do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper where, wheresoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate, speak, imagine, study, mutter, utter, and talk therein day and night, that thou mayest observe. That observe is the same word in verse 7. Keep, heed, preserve, beware, mark, watch, regard, and save, to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and thou shalt have good success. God laid the groundwork for, for Josh's success, for his prosperity. God laid, and it says it's through the word. As you meditate on me, Joshua, as you meditate on my word, as you meditate on the word day and night, as you keep it before you, as you, as you, 
as you speak, as you imagine. Oh, how many of you sit there and imagine yourself when you're reading the word? Is it just me? Because when I read the word, I like to put myself there. I like to put myself in it. In other words, if I'm reading about Jesus, I like to say, well, I'm, I'm the character of Jesus right then and there. I imagine myself right then and there doing what Jesus is doing. That is what he means by meditate. In other words, you put yourself, you imagine yourself literally doing everything that God is asking you to do. Hallelujah. Because why? He wants you to prosper. He wants you to succeed, have good success. And if we're willing and obedient to God's word, if we're willing and obedient, he said he would be with us everywhere we go. Even if it doesn't come easy. God said, as he told Joshua, I will be with you everywhere you go. I'm going to be with you. And how many people know in Joshua chapter 10, when he was fighting the five kings, God was with him. Because God said he rained hailstone down upon the enemy. God said, I'm going to be with you. So when the enemy comes down, if God said to Joshua, I'm going to be with you, God's going to be with you. And if God would do that for Joshua and Israel, God will do that for you. He changes not. You just got to show him your faith. Hallelujah. And everything we do for expanding God's kingdom, follow this instructions. Follow these instructions in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong. That word strong means strength and soul and purpose in the Lord and in the power, mighty, deed, dominion of his might, ability. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be followed these instructions in everything you do throughout your day. Follow these instructions in Ephesians chapter 6. Be strong, be powerful of his might. Put it to practice. Put it to practice. Let your faith be strong. Let your faith be powerful. Let your faith operate in the might of God, that ability that God has given you. That is how the disciples acted after Acts chapter 2 in the day of Pentecost. They begin to operate in the might of of God, the ability of God, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. But it had to take them to have faith in what Jesus told them in Mark, the last chapter of Mark, when he says, go to a Jerusalem before, go to Jerusalem before I endue you with power. Go to Jerusalem, go to Jerusalem. Now we know they were in one accord. We know that. Why? Because we, know, we, read, we read what happened. See, they had to have faith in what Jesus told them. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, you could do the miraculous. You could do things that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. I don't know about you, but raising the dead is a big thing. Especially when people have been dead for a while. When that 
person was thrown on the bones of Elisha. And that person jumped up. Elisha was dead for a while. It wasn't just, oh, he just died. No, and the power is still there. No, he was dead. They threw the body in the grave, and they didn't know it was the grave of Elisha. And the body fell on the bones of Elisha, and the guy got, hey, get me out of here. That man was dead. Oh, but he was a prophet. No, he was a human being under the influence of the calling of a prophet, but he was still a human being. Listen to me. There's things out there that are not going to be explained. And it's not your job to explain. It's there for you to glorify God. Because when you try to explain it to to, the, to a person who thinks naturally, they're not going to get it. I don't care how hard you try show them. They're not going to get it. It's, it's amazing like when you have doctors and when you go and you've heard all these reports and you go to doctors and you've been sick and all of a sudden they see a miracle and the, God, and the doctor says, I don't know what to say. It's, it's a miracle. Because the doctor, all he, all he knows is what science has taught him. His years of going to college and, 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 and the university and medical school and the books he's read and all this and he's trying to read and trying to find it and in nowhere it says, talks about miracles. They don't have a section in the university called miracles. They don't go to school and get a degree in miracles. But how many people know there's doctors out there that can't explain you were about to die and all of a sudden you are alive and there is no evidence of whatever that caused you to come in here is still there. That's a miracle. Because there's things in this word that are not going to be explained. You just gotta have faith in the supernatural of God. Nothing is impossible for God. And I truly believe in this new that God has bestowed upon this church. God is gonna do things that are not gonna be able to explain. You're just gonna give God praise and say, I can't explain it, but I know it's real. I know it's real. I know it's real. Come and, come and, come and, come and join what God is doing. Don't stay at the surface, at the shoreline. Get into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Get submerged. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Get ready for expansion. You may be watching today and you desire to be saved, healed, restored, and transformed. Today is your day. Just say this with me. Jesus, save me from my sins. Heal me from my sicknesses. Restore me back to God. Holy Spirit, transform me to kingdom status. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord, King, and Savior. If you did this today, welcome to the family of God. Until next time, remember, Jesus saves. Jesus heals. Jesus restores and the Holy Ghost transforms.